this episode, I meet the writers behind the hilarious new film, Joyride. Here they are talking about their influences. When we were thinking about this movie, it's like, okay, obviously a lot of already comedies in the past have been very male-heavy, male-dominant, and it's like, what can we do? Because women are also disgusting and raunchy and horny, and like, we should be able to show that side of ourselves as well. We don't always have to be so buttoned up. We also discuss everything from Asian representation to adoption in today's Girls on Film. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face, you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm Anna Smith and this episode is in partnership with Lionsgate, who are releasing the brilliant comedy Joyride on the 4th of August 2023. Joyride stars Ashley Park as Audrey, an American-Asian lawyer on a work trip to China. She ends up on a crazy and emotional adventure with three friends, played by Sherry Kohler, Sabrina Wu and Stephanie Hsu, who you'll know from Everything Everywhere All at Once. The film is directed by Crazy Rich Asians writer Adele Lim, and it's written by Teresa Shao and Cherry Chiva Prava Dumrong, who join me now. I should never come to China. People are always thinking I have this perfect life, but I don't belong anywhere. If you do not know where you come from, how do you know who you are? Let's find your birth mother. Will you guys come with me? Yes, bitch! Lovely to have you on the podcast. We love talking about inclusion, representation in every respect and also having fun. So thank you for ticking all my boxes, literally all my boxes watching this film. <laughs> Yay. We love ticking boxes. Yes. You know what? I laughed so hard, but I was also heartened and moved by the way that you broke new ground, buck stereotypes and also kind of explored issues about identity in a really meaningful way. I would love to... First of all, ask you both about your friendship with each other and how that informed your writing. Oh, gosh. Where do we begin? Where do we begin, We go so way back. (laughs) Um, No, it's really, that's the thing. It's like, we we do go way back. We've known each other for a very long time. Um, We met working together on Family Guy. And it was kind of an echo of both of our childhoods growing up in small towns where there weren't many other Asian people because we were the only two women and the only two Asian people in the room um, on a staff full of white guys. So we basically locked eyes across the room, ran towards each other, hugged each other, never let go. (laughs) The fact that we were writing this movie, you know, like with someone who we'd known for a long time and been really good friends with, it just made it very easy. It was honestly like writing the spec script for this when we had no idea it would actually become a movie. Um, It was just, it was fun. It was honestly something we were just doing for fun on nights and weekends until it actually became a script. And we were like, oh, well, we are professional writers. Maybe someone could possibly sell this. It was definitely the most fun I've ever had writing anything because anything that I write by myself, I'm like, oh, this is so... It's not, writing writing is not fun. It sucks. It's not fun at all. But then this was, so... Yeah, it was actually fun, which it's it's shocking. We're like, oh, can this be, can work be fun? That never happens. Wow. I'm taking joy in my life in the day-to-day? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Having another I mean, person there is obviously very helpful, too, of just, like, keeping us in check in terms of, like, okay, you know, we have to do this thing because we're we're doing it together. And also, like, just energizing you when you're like, oh, this is horrible. 
And then also blame because, you know, yes. just in, <laughs> if anyone's seen this and they take offense to the movie, all the disgusting things were written by Cherry. Yes, yes, exactly. And when my parents see the movie, all the disgusting things were written by Teresa. It's not my fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. So helpful, <laughs> helpful to have two people. Yes. Plausible deniability is basically what being being any sort of writing collaboration is about. But I didn't do it. They did it. Yeah. I like that. you got a backup plan. Um, and it is very raunchy and I love that about it. And I kind of love that I didn't know how far it was going to go. And then it went further. <laughs> but I was but I was running with it. And I was like, yes, go for it. When you were talking to each other and your co-writer Adele, did you have any moments of dispute about how far you go? Uh, no, because we're disgusting. Yeah, we're we, equally we're... disgusting. Teresa and I have have on I mean, we basically have the same hard R sensibility. There was literally, I don't think I've ever said anything that has offended you. You've definitely never said anything that's offended me. Oh, we're I need both, to try. Oh my God, no, please, please, right now. Um, but like that's, yeah, we didn't really, there was, during the writing process, there was Basically nothing like that. We were just trying to make each other laugh and luckily we tend to laugh at the same things. How do you come up with this stuff? I just want people to be more body positive. You know, sex isn't shameful, it's beautiful. Like the noises? Yeah. Come on. terms of the representation getting serious but also I love the light touch you have for this how exciting and how groundbreaking this is I'd love to hear from you Teresa perhaps to start with what was the important thing to you about this in terms of the film breaking new ground yeah I think we both kind of grew up where we didn't see a lot of people who looked like us on tv or in movies and a lot of times when that happens it's like I don't think either of us thought of writing for television as a career or movies we just it wasn't something that was ever in our minds. Um, I remember when um, I was growing up, it's like I used to, you know, just see the credits of the TV shows and the movies. And I would, anytime there was an Asian name, I'd clock it. I'd be like, wow, that's really interesting that that's actually someone who does this thing. And so I think the exciting thing partly is, too, of like seeing not only Asian people in front of the camera, but also behind the camera. They're actually, we're actually getting to be able to create something, to be able to tell our stories, and to be able to represent our community in all the kinds of ways, right? Like we can represent our community in the ways in which we look great and in all the wild, disgusting, raunchy ways in which this movie is. So I think that's the exciting thing of not only having the opportunity to be able to introduce the country to more people who don't look like them, uh, but also be able to have the creative decision-making power um, from behind the scenes to actually get to do the thing. I don't think I've ever been around only Asian people. I mean, we look like everyone else for once. I think we blend right in. Yeah, but people here can tell Chinese Chinese from American Chinese. What do you mean? See? Okay. Hong Kong Chinese, Bluetooth. Shanghai Chinese, bougie. Ooh, Taiwanese. Weird but cute. What kind of Chinese are they? What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you trying to get canceled? Those are Koreans. Oh, that's howdy fun. It's a K-pop group. Yeah. Cherry, I'd like to ask you about, I mean, what Teresa just touched on there perhaps is that it's interesting that you explore things not always in the most flattering light. I mean, your characters, which we celebrate on Girls on Film, are complex, they're flawed, they're exploring, they're evolving. There's quite a bit about unconscious bias in this film, I think, and perhaps sort of, you know, Audrey as a character sometimes is judging people 
in a way that may not seem fair. Could you talk about that a little bit more in the way that, or either of you, in fact, I see Teresa, you're nodding, but if yeah. you would like to speak to that. I mean, we definitely, and that's the thing, we definitely wanted to show it in a subtle way, in like a very, very character-based way, in just the fact that maybe her friends every once in a while would like sort of just give a little dig at her for, you know, being too, like too, too white, obviously, like that basically is what it is. It's, you know, either whether they're saying it out loud or just saying it, it's like, oh, you don't like X food or whatever, you've never done this sort of thing. That is the kind of thing that we wanted to shine a light on, but by doing it in sort of the terms of like, real people talking to each other. You know, like real friends make fun of each other. Real friends will kind of just like razz each other about things. Um, and using that as a, Teresa's used the term Trojan horse, it's like kind of, it's like joke, 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 but there is this this actual real thing underneath it that we are shining a light on, but we're just trying to feed it to people in a way that is more subtle. And fun, yeah. I, I think just, Knowing that I think a lot of us, especially we grew up in towns in which there were not a lot of people who look like us, predominantly white towns. And it's like you do in the very beginning, especially when you're kids, like it's all about assimilation. It's all about trying to fit in. And you kind of, there were definitely, at least in my childhood, of being like, I'm pushing away this Asian side of me because I want to fit in with my other friends. And then really later in life, just being like, wow, I actually feel a lot more pride in the community because I see other Asian people doing these things. And I have way more pride in that. And what can I do to help amplify that? But I think, especially in the beginning, I think that's sort of as well the, the journey that Audrey goes into is like, she's like, I'm pleasing the people around me. I don't want to like, you know, be too loud. I don't want to take up too much space. And then realizing it's like, no, it's like we are allowed to tell our own stories and to take up space. Well, just in general, so many of these films we've seen in the past have obviously, you know, the raunchy road trip comedy, whatever you want to call it have centered around white men. And this is, I think, extremely exciting, as well as being, as you say, really, really fun. What kind of conversations did you have with your kind of male producers about this kind of thing? Because I know you had a lot of support from the likes of Seth Rogen, who obviously knows a thing or two about this genre, but you're taking it in a different direction. So I'd love to know about that dynamic. They were so supportive of us from day one. They were very understanding the fact that they were like, okay, yes, we make R-rated comedies. We're good at that. We're going to, you know, really get in there and help you. They're all so funny. Uh, Seth and Evan Goldberg and our other producers, James Weaver and Josh Fagan, they're hilarious. They had great ideas. But they also gave us the freedom. They they understood. They were like, you know what? Sometimes that is a very culturally specific joke that maybe we don't personally get. But if you say that it's funny and you know that people are going to get that, like they trusted us. So that was very nice. They were, they're very much allies in that respect. They were just like, okay, sometimes we don't understand, but we trust that you will understand it. And so go forth. Our passports are in my suitcase that got stolen. You know who can bypass airport security? K-pop stars. Everyone remember their names? Sassy. Cutie. Lisa. Lisa. Two. I don't believe these girls are singers. Girls, show them. Um, show them what? You're a fan of Cardi B, right? Yeah. Is she here? Teresa, do you feel that that's something that wouldn't have been the case, say, five years ago? Do you think things have moved on relatively recently? I think so. I do think that Crazy Rich Asian, Asians opened a lot of doors for us in, in the community in the sense that, like, hey, here's a movie with predominantly Asian faces that is a huge box office hit, and that's super exciting. And I think, unfortunately, Hollywood needed that sort of like, oh, here's the money that came in for an Asian movie in order to make more things like that, which is unfortunate. But I saw from, especially from the TV show with Aquafina Snora from Queens, we were greenlit after Crazy Rich Asians came out because they were like, oh, hey, 
people will watch things. And, and that's the sad reality of being in Hollywood, right? It's like money does matter, and so box office does matter. I think right now we're at a great situation in terms of the Asian American community. We have had a lot more projects, but it's all kind of related to the success of this one project. But, you know, the state of movies in general, it's like we haven't seen an R-rated theatrical comedy do that great since the pandemic. And it's like we're still at sort of like a, a turning point of like, hey, can we get R-rated theatrical comedies back in and be box office successes, and we're hoping we can. Yes, we're trying to revive it, bring it back to life. For you both, Cherry, what is one of your golden era favorite R-rated comedies? This is, I always take this one way back because what happened to me watching American Pie is what I would love for people to take away from this uh, movie is that I saw it and then literally told a bunch of my friends and went back and saw it again the next day, I think less than 24 hours later. Like it was because that's that's how much I loved it. That's how funny I thought it was. I immediately had to tell a bunch of people and see it again. So hopefully we can we can recreate that experience for some people. And Teresa, what are your favorites? I think for me, the scene in Bridesmaids of, you know, everyone shitting themselves was really like a seminal moment in my life. <laughs> Everybody has the flu. <laughs> about this movie, it's like, okay, obviously a lot of R-rated comedies in the past have been very male-heavy, male-dominant, and it's like, what can we do? Because women are also disgusting and raunchy and horny, and like, we should be able to show that side of ourselves as well. We don't always have to be so buttoned up. And so I remember just thinking that that was a huge moment in terms of cinema, uh, and just being like, wow. That was like the moment where people were still like, are women funny? Like, they were like think pieces, you know? So it's like, I think we've come a long way since then, um, and so really grateful to have that have paved the way. It's interesting you picked that one out, because normally I get turned off by scatological comedy, but that made me laugh so hard. Yes. And I think part of it was what you're saying is that liberation of going, but this is women doing it. Yes. And it's somehow funnier because it wasn't a tired old cliche, it was fresh. You know, we want to see ourselves reflected in screen and all our ridiculousness, right? I mean, for the listeners who haven't had the chance to see this film yet, um, Cherry, are there any moments you'd like to pick out, perhaps that remind you of that bridesmaid scene? Obviously, what you do is completely your own thing, um, but without spoilers. Without spoilers, I'll give you some keywords. These might be spoilers. Threesome, that's a keyword. Um, tattoo, K-pop. Those, uh, those are some key, some key things that happen in the movie without going into too much detail. Teresa, would you like to add any? Yeah, I think there are, I think there are some definite moments. Uh, hopefully that'll be shocking and fun. Some of them, I, I think the greatest thing about uh, what we've seen with this movie is like a lot of the funniest moments have not been in the trailer, which a lot of times I think you see a movie, you see the trailer and you're like, wow, is that the whole movie? And then you see the movie, you're like, yeah. But a lot of the funniest moments that we we can't spoil, I, I suppose, are uh, not in the trailer. So you really just have to see the movie. Can I talk to you both briefly about the cast, incredible central cast, obviously, it's hard to imagine the film 
with any other actors. Cherry, talk to me a little bit about the thinking behind your, your four main leads. I mean, that, God, we got lucky. They're all amazing individually. And then together, when they came together, they became best friends immediately. And that chemistry showed up on screen. So many of the things that they literally improvised in their own auditions wound up on the screen because they, you know, in addition to just being like great actors, when they showed up, they really came with an attitude of, we want to play, we want to have fun, we want to make this funnier. And they were improvising the entire time, just individually and also together. And it was just amazing to see the fact that they became four besties, like that that just turned from, from real life into our movie. Teresa, I'd love to know from you what kind of reactions you've had from people who've been fortunate enough to see this so far. We've touched upon that it is groundbreaking and exciting as well as very, very funny. I guess some people may have been quite moved if it, if it touched on their personal experience. I think that's been incredible to see. Obviously, there are the parts of the movie that are very funny, that we get to see people like pass away before our <laughs> eyes where they're just laughing their asses off. But at the same time, I think the greatest moments have been seeing people actually be really emotional by the end. When we were at South by Southwest, actually, there was a girl who came up at the Q&A after, uh, and she was an adoptee from China, and she was sobbing about saying how she felt seen by the movie. She really wanted to hug Ashley. You know, it was it was just like a really touching, moving moment. And I think, obviously, when we came up with the story and we came up with the script, we always knew that the jokes were going to be there. But we were like, we the emotional side of the movie was always something that we really wanted to focus heavy on because we were like, this is how you can earn those jokes. This is how you can earn that raunch uh, by having people that you really care about. And so we're really happy that, you know, this movie does move people to the point of tears. Look at me, look at me, look at me. To our daughter. It's a big deal going back to your birth country. We used to talk about it all the time. A grand adventure to find your birth mother. Who needs more parents when I have the two best parents in the world? What are you both working on at the moment? Are you working on something together? Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, the WGA is currently on strike, so we are not actually writing anything right now. AMPTP, come to the table and give us a fair deal and we'll be back. The w One of the first things that we did actually work on together as soon as we came back from producing this movie was we wrote uh, the American remake of a Chinese movie called The Mermaid, the script for that, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, that's that's past tense because uh, that, strike. <laughs> yeah, that's past tense. Right now we are on strike with the Writers Guild, and I think a good reminder that, you know, all of this comes from writing, and it we don't have movies, we don't have TV without the writers, and so we do hope the AMPTP comes back uh, and gives us a fair deal. You have our full support, and, you know, one of the reasons we love having writers on the podcast because we're aware of how absolutely crucial obviously you are i wanted to ask you both you, you've mentioned the country you met the us and i know this was maybe filmed in canada partially as well but what do you think that uk listeners and viewers can get from this because obviously we have a lot of british asian people who will really want to know about this film. So Cherry, I, I feel that it's universal in that respect, but I'd love to hear from you about that. Hey guys, spoiler alert, there's a Harry Potter joke in the film. Get there. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that, UK. Um, I think, the thing is, I think, I mean, it's obviously um, our, our cast and our characters are primarily Asian American, but I mean, it's, I think there's something universal about the fact that you can be searching for your identity at any time. There's obviously immigrants to every single country. There are a lot of people living in many different countries that are not their own. Their families came there or they moved. Um, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people all over the world will be able to take away and hopefully see themselves. 
I think too, yeah, outside of just the immigrant experience and outside of just the Asian experience, it's just about, it's a movie about friendship. So it's a movie about having a friend that maybe, you know, has has moved on with their life or has moved on without you. Or it's about having a friend who like doesn't really feel themselves with their friend group. Or that friend who is like a little bit like too high flying now and is kind of like like trying to tamp down their past. I think that those themes of friendship really are universal hopefully around the world. Definitely, and Anna, you packed so much in. Congratulations to this script, this movie, and that's no mean feat on everything you just said. And also I think about female sexuality or just sexuality in general and gender identity. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for noticing. We definitely wanted to, that's another thing that we wanted to tackle for sure. Um, and so many R-rated companies before the female sexuality is is sexuality. It's played for sexiness as opposed to as opposed to laughs. Um, you know, usually it's the male sexuality or male nudity um, or male genitalia that is played for laughs. So we definitely wanted to turn that around and, you know, representation of also female nudity being played for laughs matters. Yeah, you, you've got some, uh, you know, female genitalia being paid for laughs in a way that I have never seen before. So congratulations on Thank that. you, yes. yes. We, just, we just wanted people to have to look at something they hadn't seen before, so yeah. <laughs> you definitely did that in lots of ways. Thank you again for joining Girls on Film. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you both. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Teresa Shao and Cherry Chiva Prava Dumrong. Joyride is released in UK cinemas on the 4th of August 2023. It's a certificate 15 here in the UK. You can hear an interview with Joyride's director Adele Lim in episode 79 of Girls on Film when she spoke about Raya and the Last Dragon. Girls on Film is an HLA production brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, assistant producer Eleanor Hardy, audio editor Emma Butt and our partners for this episode, Lionsgate. I'm Anna Smith and I recorded this interview before the actors joined the writers on strike. We will be back as soon as we can. Meantime, don't forget to follow us on social media and you can also vote for us in the Listener's Choice Award at the British Podcast Awards, where, I'm happy to say, we've also been nominated for Best Interview. Cheers for your support. She blew Nick and Joe Jonas. Not Kevin? Not impressed.